I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Your holster is way more important than you think it is. It's just way more important than you think it is. What, look, and I get that. The holster's not the sexy part of carrying firearms, right? You want to talk about your weapon and your ammunition. You want to talk about your safety training. You want to talk about how you did at the range. Oh, look at my groups. I was doing these failure drills today. And all that stuff's really important. I mean, really, really important. I'm not discounting that. But I've known so many people who do all those things. They take all the necessary steps. And then they carry with a holster they bought from a big box hunting store that was made a thousand at a time. Please, don't put your life in one of those holsters. You need to trust Northwest Retention Systems because it's all custom-made gear. It's the only thing I carry around. NWRetention.com. That's NWRetention.com. Use the promo code JESSE. Get you 10% off. We have good news all over the place. We have justice. And then we have bad news. It's not justice. And finally... The story of man versus beast, starring me. All that's coming up right now on I'm Right. Well, I promised you good news, and oh boy, do I have good news for you. There's a first TV app 
Yes, I have more good news than just that. Just pay attention for a second. There's now an app you can get right there on your phone. Now, granted, you probably aren't lucky enough to have a phone with your very own Jesse Kelly case on it. Maybe I'll start selling those. Maybe I won't. But there's a First TV app now on my phone, and you can have one on your phone no matter what platform you have. Go get the First TV app. You can watch the First live anywhere you are. You can also, this is my favorite part, you can watch the First on demand. I'm talking Buck Sexton, Mike Slater, Dana Lash, and of course, me. So once you get done watching the Jesse Kelly show, you can be like, oh man, that was such an amazing show. I think I'll watch it again. And then you watch it all again and hang on my every word. And then you're like, whoa, that was really good. I think I'll watch it again. And then again, five or six times in a row. And then you can, that'll gear you up for the rest of the day to get ready for tomorrow's show. Now, we do have also really good news for the country. Michael Flynn. DOJ is dropping charges on Michael Flynn. Now, why is that good news for the country and more than just Michael Flynn? Well, here's why. The criminal justice system in America is not doing well. Now, look, let me, let me preface this by saying we have overall, if you want to look at the entire state of the world and the entire state of history, our criminal justice system is not terrible. Every criminal justice system in the history of mankind has been ripped limb from limb on how just it was. Why? Well, because it's difficult. It's hard to figure out which laws you make, then which laws you enforce, how you enforce them, what the punishment is. I get that. But we, the United States of America, especially recently, have a pretty ugly track record, record of politicizing our criminal justice system, of people in the know, people in the cool kids club, going after people who aren't in the cool kids club. And rumor after rumor after rumor after rumor was coming out about Michael Flynn and how they went after him and why they went after him. I'm not making any accusations. I'm just saying there are a lot of very, very powerful, very wealthy entities in the United States of America who are highly invested in the United States of America staying in Afghanistan forever. All right. So he gets justice, good for him. We also, apparently, if Lieutenant Governor Dan Patrick has anything to say about it, are going to get justice for Shelley Luther. I focus on Shelley tonight, Shannon, and she should be home with her kid, and she should be home for Mother's Day. And this judge showed no mercy, and he showed no compassion. And so she didn't follow the orders, but the judge could have simply said, let me give you a $50 fine, one day in jail, I'll suspend the sentence, or no day, you know, no time in jail at all, but just a suspended sentence, send her home. But this judge was vindictive. He was, he was out to make a point. And he could have, when he said, you know, he's, he quoted in the courtroom, he said, you know, you violated um, state orders. Well, you know, he could have called mm -hmm. the governor. If he'd have called the governor, I can assure you, Greg Abbott would have said, don't send her to jail. No, he didn't want to do that. She was fighting for her kids. She was fighting for her 18 employees, mostly, as she said, because they're moms without jobs. And uh, what this judge did was a total disgrace. And if he's a man, if he's a man, he'll step up tomorrow or Friday before Mother's Day, and I hope tomorrow, and let her out of jail. I wouldn't bank on that, but let's hope he's right. Hang on on that, though. He also came out with a tweet that said, quote, seven days in jail, no bail, and a $7,000 fine is outrageous. No surprise Texans are responding. I'm covering the $7,000 fine she had to pay, and I volunteer to be placed under house arrest so she can go to work and feed her kids. Kind of a cool moment. Kind of a cool moment. 
He went on to say this, comparing us to China. No, I mean, I, it feels more like China than America, and let alone happening in Texas. This is exactly what you said. We've got, we've got Rahm Emanuel's statement from the Clinton administration, don't let a good crisis go to waste. That's certainly happening here, where they're releasing potentially thousands of convicted felons because they're worried about them getting this virus, and for some reason they're not worried about her, a woman that's just trying to do her job. Obviously you can tell uh, that wasn't Dan Patrick. <laughs> that was Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, and good for him, he's right. Of course, the governor of Texas came out. He said throwing Texans in jail whose businesses shut down through no fault of their own is wrong. I'm eliminating jail for violating an order retroactive April 2nd, superseding local orders. Criminals shouldn't be released to prevent COVID-19 just to put business owners in in their place. He's right. And finally, we have an update. Miss Shelley Luther is out, and here she is. I just want to thank all of you who I just barely met, and now you're all my friends. You mean so much to me, and this would have been nothing without you. Thank you so, so much, and I'll have more to say when I can gather myself, but I'm a little overwhelmed. I just thank want to say thank you. How about that? Look at that patriot. All it takes is one. All it takes is one with the guts to stand up against these government losers who get a little too big for their britches. That woman's name was Shelley Luther. And let's not forget, she's not alone out there. Now, she, she was alone, and that was the one the country rallied behind. But you remember this North Carolina tattoo shop owner. Look at this. Being hauled away for opening up his tattoo shop hauled away in handcuffs by the police department. We got an interview with the guy here. When you can put a father of three in jail for opening his business because nobody will give me a loan, and let alone help me, you know? My own bank, nobody, nobody's helping us. You know what always gets me about that? We've played you that before. You can hear it in his voice. Help me. Desperation out there. You can hear it in his voice. And I know these are tough times. These are uncertain times. But I can't help but think about all these politicians and all these snot-nosed pundits who have spent the last two months telling people like that, shut up, peasant. Go home. You just want grandma to die. Does that, does that come across like a man who wants grandma to die? Or does that come across like a desperate man trying to keep himself above water? Let's start doing better for these people nationwide. All of that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. And we have a great show for you tonight. Don't go anywhere. Well, we had to make a decision tonight on the show. There is this shooting that took place, I'm sure many of you have seen it by now, of a man named Ahmad Arbery. This took place in Georgia. We had a long debate whether or not to actually show you 
the shooting and we decided it just wasn't necessary. Look, I'm here to tell you if that's your thing, if you want to hear what I'm trying to describe to you, it's out there. It's not difficult to find. I didn't want to show somebody's murder on television. Guy's got a guy's got a family out there. He's got friends out there. The, the people who are accused, the people doing the shooting in the video, they're, they're, Lord knows they're about to get death threats. We're just I'm just not touching that video part of it. But I will say this. Here's what happened from what we know. There is a neighborhood. It was in Georgia. There was a kid, Ahmad Arbery, goes out jogging in this neighborhood. He's a black dude. Goes out running through the neighborhood. They say there were a bunch of break-ins. I'm not going to go into all the details of the story because we don't know. All we know right now is are the things his attorney's saying, family and friends. This is catching like wildfire across social media. What we do know, because there's a videotape of it, is there are a couple dudes in a pickup truck, one of them in the back of it, another one with the rifle, they get out, they confront him when it looks like he's jogging. It's what it looks like. Long story short, short, they shoot him dead in the street. They shoot him dead in the street. And you watch it. And I don't know that there's a defense for it. I'm sure there's another side to the story because there always is. But I mean, we watched it. It looks really, really bad. And here's the thing. It's one thing for a murder to happen. It's another thing for a murder to happen, and nobody's in jail. This video that's out there right now, we're only learning about it now because the video was just released. This happened in February, and nobody's in jail. And come on now. Criminal justice system, hear me out here. We have a serious issue in the United States of America. And that issue is people feel like there's no justice, especially now with all the coronavirus stuff. How much stuff have I showed you? What did I just show you in the beginning of this show about the tattoo shop person and the salon lady and everything else? People feel like the criminal justice system is not working for them. People feel like it's very much working against them. And I'll tell you what else they feel. And this is the most dangerous part. They feel like the criminal justice system protects the people who are in the in club and doesn't protect the people who aren't in the in-club. That's the issue. Again, I'm not going to go into all the details of the story, but one of the men who did the shooting or was there when the shooting took place, it's hard to tell who shot what, formerly linked to the police department. That looks bad. They're both walking free. A young man is dead. That's bad. Let's hope everybody gets involved and that young man, or at least his family, get some justice out there. Now, that's what we have to say serious about it. There's an inclination out there. I'll tell you what, let me just show you what everybody's saying and then I'll show you what I mean. Joe Biden runs to Twitter, quote, the video is clear. Ahmaud Arbery was killed in cold blood. My heart goes out to his family who deserve justice and deserve it now. It's time for a swift, full and transparent investigation into his murder. I have no issue with that, actually. That's pretty much what I'm saying right there. Yes, let's get into it right now. It does clearly look like murder. Let's dig into it. This is where I have a problem. Kamala Harris, the video of Ahmaud Arbery sickens me to my core. Exercising while black shouldn't be a death sentence. Uh, All right, you know what? We'll come back to that. Sunny Hostin, I still don't know how to say this lady's name of The View. She had something to say as well. And now black while jogging appears to be uh, licensed to conduct a modern day lynching. 
black while jogging, exercising while black, modern day lynching. LeBron James, you know, the former fake hate crime doing LeBron James, he of course had to get down on this as well. Quote, we're literally hunted every day, every time we step foot outside the comfort of our homes. Can't even go for a blank jog, man. Like WTF, man, are you kidding me? No, man, for real, are you kidding me? I'm sorry, Ahmad, rest in peace. My prayers and blessings sent to heavens above to your family. Profiled because we are simply black. Why does it have to be that right away? Does somebody know that? Do we know that? We can sit here and say, um... That looks like murder. Somebody better go to jail without immediately jumping on it because the reason you jump on it like this, you know what it looks like? I'll just be frank with you. You're LeBron James, you're Kamala Harris, exercising while black, hunted the minute we walk out the door. You know what? Doesn't look like outrage. Looks like you're kind of happy that he's black. That's what it looks like. How am I supposed to take this any other way? It looks like... Woo! This is an opportunity for me to put it out there. It doesn't look like you want justice. It looks like you want attention. That's what it looks like. We are hunted every time we walk out there. Come on, man. Come on. The first very own Rob Smith had this to say about it, and I liked it. Rob says, quote, The murder of Ahmaud Arbery is sickening. I pray his killers get what they deserve, but I am not hunted every time I step foot outside, and neither are you. This kind of thinking will only keep blacks feeling like strangers in the country we built. Good for you, Rob, and this is my issue. Every time a black man is killed in the United States of America, um, it's a tragedy because it's a tragedy anytime anyone is killed, regardless of skin color, in the United States of America. What it is not, at least what it should not be, every time a black man is killed by somebody who's white in the country, it should not be, one, an opportunity for you to pretend to be some civil rights leader. And yes, LeBron James, don't think I've forgotten. Just because the rest of the country memory hold it, I very much remember you claiming somebody sprayed racist graffiti on your fancy house, and then it's a miracle from God, the property manager cleaned it up before police got there to take any pictures of it. Yeah, but we all see, we all know who you are. This isn't an opportunity for you to exploit it for your own gain. It's not an opportunity for Kamala Harris to try to gain, you know, some kind of civil rights clout. It's an opportunity to cry out for justice for that young man, for his family. It's not about you. It's not about you trying to become Martin Luther King. It's just about justice for that young man and that young man's family. And let me caution the people on the right as well. I see you. I see what you're doing, and it's awful to watch. What I've seen all day long is people on the right getting a little too loud about this modern-day lynching. People, just because the left has spent all their time accusing you of being racist doesn't mean you need to overcompensate every time something awful happens to a black person in the country. It can just be an awful murder. By all accounts, if you watch the video, a sickening murder, and I hope he gets justice. Stop overcompensating. Stop with this battered wife syndrome you have. Just judge each case individually. Stop this trying to be included with the in-club and just use your own mind at all times.
How's that for making you uncomfortable? Now, you need to sleep tonight. Well, to be honest, if you listen to science and the doctors, you need to sleep every night, a lot. More than that four or five hours you've been getting, and I know what you're going through. You lay down and it's, oh boy, we got a big day tomorrow, we had a big day today, I don't know what to do. Calm down. It's time for you to get an ebb sleep. It's not drugs either. I know I know you reach for that pill bottle. Oh, these sleeping pills are going to help. And then you feel worse the next day. I know it. Believe me, I know it because I've been there. I'll just take nine of these and then I'll sleep. And then you're still a zombie the next day. Ebb sleep, you put it on. It's wearable. It provides cooling to your forehead, keeping those racing thoughts at bay. Go to tryebb.com slash jesse. That's tryebb.com slash jesse. And use the promo code jesse. Don't forget about that. Gets you 25 bucks off. Start sleeping tonight. Joining me now, former counterterrorism officer. That's just cool to say. Drew Berquist and host of This Is My Show with Drew Berquist. Drew, do you have business cards made up to say former counterterrorism stud? That'd be sweet. I would. I, I need to. I need to do that or like a T-shirt or something. Uh, the problem is the T-shirts just need to get bigger these days. But no, I, I don't. I, but, I, but maybe I should. <laughs> Drew, first of all, we have this Michael Flynn situation, which is wonderful, right? I mean, they, they finally dropped the charges on Michael Flynn. And I, I, I shouldn't be complaining when something goes our way. I'm, I'm not trying to complain about it. But where does this guy go to get his reputation back? By all accounts, when, even if he actually had committed a crime, which I guess he didn't, this guy was an American hero. If you look at his service record, and we absolutely destroyed this man's reputation. And now, is that, is that his only recourse? Is, oh, by the way, we were wrong about all that. Have a good one. Enjoy the pizza tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I, we've, we've talked a little bit about this before. I think, you know, I hope that he goes after them. I hope that he goes after DOJ. I hope that, that Comey and Strzok and, and McCabe and all of these people go down for this and that there's some sort of compensation back because, look, it's going to be, I mean, the reality is this, and, it, and it's, a, it's a sucky reality, but Flynn is going to have a, a tough time getting his reputation back, just like the FBI is going to, um, but the FBI will survive because they're paid, by, paid for by taxpayer dollars. Flynn, you know, had millions of dollars in legal expenses, had to sell his house, had to do all of this stuff just to put up with this whole... You know, if we want to use the term hoax, maybe that's overused. But this whole thing that was just blown out of proportion was never accurate. Was all used for political political gain. And and so now, yeah, I mean, I, I, my hope for the guy is: look, you are an American hero. You've done some amazing things for this country. Uh, his leadership has been sound. Obviously, he's made mistakes, but so have every one of us. So I'm hoping that he can figure out some sort of normalcy and and get some sort of financial compensation. For, for how his life was ruined, how he had to just literally tear everything up and start over. Yeah, all of you have made mistakes. I can't imagine what that must be like. And let me ask you this. Flynn, Comey, all these people involved in this gigantic mess, I'm starting to get this thing that I never get through. I'm starting to get this wee little glimmer of hope that with the exoneration of Flynn, that Comey, Brennan, McCabe, all these, this, this conga line of scumbags we have who use their positions of power to set him and others up that they might actually get some jail time. Am I being naive now? Is this just Jesse turning six years old again? 
I mean, uh, first of all, I'd love to see that. Um, I think we would have played well <laughs> together. Um, but like, but uh, no, I think <laughs> weeks and weeks ago, I would have said the exact same thing. Like, look, it's just not going to happen. Like, history is is very much on the side of these scumbags. You know, these over political government officials getting away with things, even if they get their wrist slapped publicly and and maybe lose some of their credibility. There, nothing's ever going to happen to them. But now, I, I really. I really do think there is a glimmer of hope, and I think with with Trump in office and with the American pu- people, you know, putting the pressure on to see some change here, there's got to be something done, and it's got to set the press. Look, if you want to end the politicization of these organizations, whether it's CIA, FBI, you know, fill, fill in the blank with a three-letter organization, if you want to end it, you have to smack these guys down, and they've got to not just get a fine or lose their clearance or lose their job; they need to go away. And people need to see that so that it, it prevents at least a little bit, kind of puts up a wall and says, okay, maybe I shouldn't do this if I'm elected or if I'm appointed to one of these spots. Maybe I should just do my job that I'm supposed to be doing in the first place. So I hope, I think that there is a chance. I just don't, you know, I'm not completely putting all my eggs in that basket yet. True. do you see a massive difference? I mean, I certainly did in the Marine Corps between the enlisted guys, the guys at the platoon level, and then the fancy types at the battalion or regiment level. Did you see this when you were CIA with the guys who did what you did, actual work on the ground, versus, you know, the D.C. pencil pusher types? Or is it everybody's kind of on the same team, or is there very much a separation there? Oh, there's so much of a separation. First of all, you know, you've it's gotten to the point where you know a lot of my time was done as a consultant or a contractor um, with them, and and a lot of the operations are done across the government spectrum now with people in those types of roles. So so you've got you know staffer versus contractor battles. You've got leadership versus you know boots on the ground battle, like you'd have you know in the military elsewhere or elsewhere. And yeah, I mean it's a divided culture. The the people who are on the seventh floor have either been appointed there, you know, their grandfather put them there, or they have kissed everybody's you-know-what to get up there, but they've never actually done anything to help benefit the country or put the mission first. So it's there's a huge difference between the people who are out doing the work and the people there. Obviously, a couple a couple that, you know, bridge the gap and, and rise through the ranks as they should because they're good at their job, um, but it's, I mean, it's it's a political machine when it gets to that top level. True. I don't like what I've seen. You and I have already had this discussion about law enforcement and the position that many times they've been put in, but they're enforcing these laws. And we have, of course, the story of this Dallas salon owner who just got released from jail, which is nice. We have the guy who owns the tattoo shop in North Carolina who was led away in freaking handcuffs. Unbelievable on television. My problem, Drew, is we have even the governor of Texas, as much as I like him, comes out after the fact. Oh, this shouldn't have happened. Let's let her go. Oh, this shouldn't happen. Let's make sure this doesn't happen again. I feel like so many people on the right, pundits and politicians included, are all trying to lead from behind. They're all just, you know, oh, oh okay, let's do this. That's, I've, seen, I've felt this way since the beginning of the lockdown. As soon as the public panicked, they panicked. As soon as the public started to pull back, they started to pull back. And governors are the same way. It's driving me nuts. Where are the leaders out there, man? Yeah, no, I well, Nome has been pretty strong in South Dakota. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think you're right. They are there. I mean, Abbott did the right thing here. That, that should have never happened. We, we shouldn't have ever been in the situation where, where she felt so inclined that she had to make that decision for her family and her employees in the first place. So that's obviously step one, and that, that connects directly to your point on leadership. But, 
So yeah, I mean, I think, look, we're such a rea- whether you're talking about the government in terms of federal agencies, you know, our military, whether you're talking about the the White House, the state and local governments, as a country, we are so reactionary. We are very, very few times are we ahead uh, of where we need to be. We have something happen, you know, and, and it becomes that shiny ball like we've talked about before, and we get focused on that. We forget about everything else. Like, it doesn't matter if ISIS is planning a, an attack on us and if China is getting ready to invade. Like, we, hold on, we don't have time for that right now because we're dealing with the coronavirus, and we can only do one thing at a time. So we get focused there, and then people do. People start listening, and you had everyone. There was no leadership. Everyone listened to the panic, and and went down that road. And I th- I think the saving grace is, which is not leadership, it's just people playing to, to what you know the populace wants to see and what the polling numbers look like. But you're going to see the flip side of it now, and you're going to see people start to step up and say, yeah, we're not doing this, and we're, you know regardless of what other states are doing, we're going to do this way. And then I think other governors are going to feel the pressure to be like, well. You know, the, the people within the state are going to be livid because, hey, Florida's, you know, we're having a pretty good, it's pretty good down here right now. Like, things are mostly open. You know, we're, we're tracking the right way. I think other states are going to see that and be like, I want that, and you're going to do it, and then the governors eventually are going to come around, except for Whitmer, who's maybe the spawn of Satan. <laughs> she may be, but she's kind of hot. All right, this Ahmad Arbery thing in Georgia, you saw the same video I've seen on this thing. There's I mean, Most of the time when it comes to these random shootings or, or random little two seconds of police video, I try to hold back because there, you can try to explain things away or play the worst part. There's, there's, there, it's indefensible. There's, there's absolutely no defensible. You can all see exactly what happened. The problem is, Drew, it looks like the good old boy network strikes again. I'm not doing that whole racism thing, but it looks like one of these guys that was in the truck has has been connected with law enforcement for a long time. This shooting happened in February. Everybody's out there eating chicken McNuggets, Drew, and there is a feeling across the country, across the spectrum, across the races, that the criminal justice system really looks out for itself, man. And I'm telling you, that's a dangerous place for a country to be. It is. It is. I mean, whether you're talking, again, federal, state, or local level, you know, there there can't be that double standard. There can't be the looking out for And look, we're all ingrained. It's in our DNA as humans to want to do that. You know, you've got your tight group. You want to look out for them. But there's times where you just can't. It's not appropriate. You know, your your job is to do your job. And, and when you're done, or if you're still doing it, regardless of the case, and you do wrong, you need to be held, you know, accountable for it. And in that video, I tend to think the same. Like, look, any we've seen so many stories over the years where one side's crying that this happened, but there's no evidence, and there's a lot more data that really kind of lends itself to making um, the, the suspect in those those cases seem like the the bad guy and the wrongdoer, uh, and people just never are going to come to to terms and agree on that. But this one is. It's like, guys, this is. I mean. <laughs> You can't defend that video. It is wrong. Like, look and, and look. I, I don't have all the details. I don't think everyone does. But 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 just with that video alone, even if he had done something like this, isn't an, an intruder who's coming to your home and who's still there, and the, the the castle laws apply or whatever. This is this is a kid who doesn't seem like did anything wrong. Was just out for a job. He wasn't sprinting. The guy who said that he was quote hauling ass. You know, like. He, he was he was jogging. Um, the whole thing was was pretty sick and disturbing to watch, and, and there definitely needs to be justice. That, that's not far from here, by the way. It's just a little bit north of here. 
Yeah, that is, uh, like you said, I, I in general don't even touch him, but I mean, that that's indefensible. That's absolutely indefensible. Yeah. Drew Berquist, host of This Is My Show with Drew Berquist. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for having me. Did I ever tell you about the time I took on a tarantula hawk and lived? Hang on. Well, we have new unemployment numbers out today. I realized that got kind of overshadowed with all the Flynn news, and we had all the Dallas Salon owner stuff, and then Ahmaud Arbery stuff. I realized all this stuff got overshadowed, but is there a bigger story in the United States of America? I mean, look, it's, it's rare that I cite Time magazine, but look at this. Tell me this doesn't sum it up perfectly. Yeah. The Great Reckoning. Um, let's be frank here, people. This is, what, seven weeks? Is it even eight weeks yet that this coronavirus stuff broke out and we chose to disastrously lock down the United States of America? And with these new unemployment numbers, that means we officially, officially have 33 million Americans out of work. I've, I've read several sources on it today that say that number is well north of 40 easily. I heard somebody say it was 50. I don't know whether or not that's true, but it's way north of 33. We know that. That is staggering. That's, that's staggering. It's not only staggering that it's there. It's staggering how quickly it happened. And don't get me wrong. We called the show I'm Right we quite literally called the show I'm Right because my favorite thing in the world is to be right. And I pretty much always am. We don't have to go into that. But this is one time I really, really wish I hadn't been right. I told you. I told you all what was going to happen back when it wasn't popular to do so. When everybody else would say, oh, stay at home, peasant. Oh, we have to go home. We have to just stay home. Everybody hide. I told you. You do not stop a $20 trillion economy for any reason, for any reason, even if all the models had been right and the virus did kill 2 million Americans, you still don't stop entire, the entire economy. You don't do it. It's, it's unfathomable, unfathomable to me that this somehow caught on as an option. It's not just that we chose to do it. It's that it was even on the table. The first person, the first person who said, you know what? We really just need a national lockdown. That person should have been laughed out of the room. Oh my gosh, is this guy serious? We can't do that. That's the dumbest thing ever. And instead, we were like, oh, oh, that's a good idea. Yes, everyone just go home. Close up your barber shop. And I warned you all. I told you where we were going. And now we're here. And here's, I mean, you thought that was the bad news. I don't know how we get out. I don't know how we get out. And, and you, I know what you're saying. Well, Jesse, we just opened back up again. Just opened back up again. Who's just opening back up again? The reddest of the red states aren't just throwing open their doors and giving people the freedom of choice. I know that sounds like a radical, cho a radical thing to say. After all, this is a new America where you don't have freedom of choices anymore. But even the red states aren't doing that. 
Even my own great state of Texas, they pulled the whole, well, I mean, 25%. We'll open it 25%. And if everything works out for two weeks, we've got to give it two weeks, then maybe we'll do... Fi- that's Texas? That's, that's freedom, baby. And that's Texas? And so even if they all threw open their doors, people were scared to go back to work. People are still dying of coronavirus. And we've told them all, if you leave your house, you're going to kill yourself or grandma. We've done this. Even if you open it up now, it doesn't all just turn back on. And I'm not telling you all this just so I can say I was right. I'm telling you all this for next time. We have to learn lessons from history. So next time, if there's a second wave of this, God forbid, and there might be, if there is another pandemic in the near future, and there might be, you never know when these things are coming around, and somebody suggests locking down, it is important that with one voice, the United States of America says, uh, no, uh, that's going to be a no for me, because we saw what happened last time. This can never be considered again. So many of these businesses that we've shut down, that we've paused, as so many people tried to tell you, they're not ever coming back. Doctor's offices that are closed, a lot of them aren't ever coming back. Pediatricians, dentists, hospitals, they're not ever coming back. And the problem with this is, I realize nobody, or it seems like very few people, have the self-confidence to step up and say, I was wrong, but people need to start admitting they were wrong. We don't need people doubling down. We don't need people defending the bad decisions they made. If we're going to avoid these same bad decisions in the future, we need people who are man enough to step up and say, hey, man, I missed that one. My fault. Let's get it back again. I'm not seeing it. And that's what worries me the most. I'm not seeing people who did horribly dumb things learn lessons. I don't see lessons. You remember, you remember everybody go home? Everyone lock up, lock down, get in your home, get in your home. Take a listen to uh, the vaunted New York Governor Cuomo, what he had to say. This is a surprise. Overwhelmingly, the people were at home, uh, where there's been a lot of speculation about this. A lot of people, again, had opinions. A lot of people have been uh, arguing uh, where they come from and where we should be focusing. But if you notice, 18% of the people came from nursing homes. Less than 1% came from jail or prison. 2% came from the homeless population. 2% from other congregate facilities. But 66% of the people were at home, uh, which is shocking to us. Shocking. Hmm. Let me see if I can understand this right. We have a contagious disease. We know it's contagious. The solution for it The solution for it was not sunshine, not fresh air. The solution for it was, wow, man, we have a contagious disease out there. Okay, you thousand people, go crowd into that gigantic apartment building and breathe the recirculated air. And we're we're shocked that 66% stayed at home? Yeah, it's not very shocking, is it? And here's what, what is shocking. It was the experts. I can't even just blame it on the the idiot politicians. It was the doctors. It was the scientists. It was everybody up there in a white lab coat. And I'm an infectious disease expert. 
No, you don't need sunshine and exercise. That stuff will kill you. Go hide in your apartment and watch Netflix. That's the safe thing. And we went along with it. <laughs> we went along with it. And now here we are. And again, I'm not trying to beat you over the face if you were one of those lockdown people. That happens. But I am trying to do this. Wake up! So next time something happens, you think just because somebody stands up there and he went to college for 97 years and he's got these, these long list of achievements and oh my gosh, he must be so smart. He, after all, he worked for the Academic Institute of the blah, 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 blah. So what? What comes out of his mouth? What does he say? Does it make sense? Does an infectious disease breaking out and you throwing everybody in an apartment building make sense? Does it? Does treating rural Texas the same way you're treating downtown Manhattan make sense? Does that make sense? Should there ever be such a thing as national guidelines? No. Next time, it's going to be a new problem. Probably. New problem out of nowhere. And next time, there's going to be a whole line of experts once again. He went to college. He has a degree. He's been doing this forever. And they're going to tell you things that don't make sense to you. My word to you tonight is, don't look around and see, well, I mean, he said that. My buddy agrees with him, and this buddy agrees with him. Well, I guess I, guess I agree with him too, guys. No, no. God gave you one of your own. Use it. All right, tomorrow. We have a Joe Biden dog face pony soldier schedule or special, and you are not going to miss it. Tomorrow night, 8 o'clock Eastern, right here on the 1st, Joe Biden <laughs> dog faced pony soldier special. It's going to be fun. It's going to be serious, but it's going to be fun. Hang on for this one. All right. Every now and then, we like to take advantage of our time on this show. We understand we are privileged to be here. Well, I take that back. You're privileged to watch. Everyone knows I should be here. But we like to take a minute on this show and honor the real heroes, the people who put themselves last and put other people first, people who show real bravery. And I'm talking actually about myself right now. You see, there's an insect out there. It's called the tarantula hawk. Now, before I get to my own personal tale, remember our star last night at the end of the show, Coyote Peterson, that guy I told you allows these horrible bugs the size of pterodactyls to sting him on his YouTube channel, and then he films the reaction? He let this tarantula hawk sting him. I want you to watch this video before I go into my little tale. I'm Coyote Peterson, and I'm about to enter the sting zone with the tarantula hawk. Let's go for it. One, two, here we go, three. Oh! Oh! Okay. 
Tell me what you're feeling. John, you move my arm! That is the most intense pain I've ever felt. I don't think I can talk. Dude, it's an absolute. I don't even know what to say. He's a crazy person. But let me just say. There's something out there, there's some kind of thing where they measure how painful insect bites are. I forget what it is because I don't do research for the show. I just get up here and talk. But they said the tarantula hawk has the second most painful bite or sting in all the animal kingdom. The bullet ant is the first in case you're wondering what's number one. Well, you know what else the tarantula hawk does? You know why they call it the tarantula hawk? The stinger's like that long. That may be an exaggeration, but it's really, really long. And what they do is they find tarantulas. You can actually see videos of this online. And they have these little these little monster-on-monster monster duels where they'll be trying to fight each other, and the tarantula has the fangs coming out, and the tarantula, whatever, I don't need to break down all the technical terms. Long story short, the tarantula hawk eventually gets on top of the tarantula and stings it, doesn't kill it stings it so it's just laying there paralyzed like oh i'm dying i'm dying the tarantula hawk then lays its eggs inside of the tarantula the still living tarantula where the eggs live until the eggs hatch and the little tarantula hawk hatchlings eat their way out of the tarantula killing it on my life, this is not something from the movie Aliens. This is a real animal that exists out there. And I wanted to tell you, at one point in time, I killed one with my bare hands. Okay, not really with my bare hands, but that would have made the story cooler. I actually used my flip-flop. But we were living in Tucson, Arizona. And I looked out back, and all of a sudden, I hear this... And I thought like a C-130 gunship was going overhead or something like that. And all of a sudden, I look at... Sorry, C-130 is not a gunship. I'm excited. Shut up. And I look out, and my kids are out in the yard, and there's this, like, crow-looking thing. Only it was a tarantula hawk in the yard. So I have to go out, and I grab my boys, and I bring them inside. Somebody had to take this thing down. It was him or me. And I took off my flip-flop, and I went out there, and I actually swiped it at the first time. And wham, I didn't miss, because of course I wouldn't miss. And I wham, I hit him the first time, and the tarantula hawk doesn't even die. Gets up like Terminator, but it didn't know it was dealing with it. Wham, I hit him again, finished him off. So maybe too much for Coyote Peterson, not too much for this guy. I'll see you tomorrow. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not, I'm not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it, until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one, get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE 
That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.